Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome 
Welcome to the Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of May 25th, 2017. I'm your host, Jose Otero, and coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're going to kick things off with a big rumor that showed up in the Wall Street Journal last week saying that Zelda was going to be one of Nintendo's mobile titles. Then, after that, we're going to talk about another leaky ship, <laughs> signs of another leaky thing with uh, Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle. Uh, some key art leaked. We're going to have share our thoughts on that. And then finally, some news. Joining me this week is Brian Altano. Hey, what's up? It is Per Schneider, who looks a little worried. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to speak. <laughs> what are you... Hi, Jose. I had a bit of housekeeping. Uh, Nintendo Voice Chat is a weekly show on IGN. And obviously, if you're watching this, first of all, you should know where to find it. You can find it on IGN.com. Just go to the shows tab. You'll find it under Nintendo Voice Chat. You can also watch us on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. While you're there, make sure you subscribe. I mean, why not? You can get every episode and be up to date. I mean, it makes sense. And you can also subscribe on your podcast feeds. Just search Nintendo Voice Chat and you'll find us there. All right. Uh, last thing I want to plug real fast. Reminder, E3 is coming up and our festivities. This show is going to have our own special pre-show to Nintendo's E3 Spotlight. This is going to be on Tuesday, June 13th at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That is 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, 4.30 p.m. British Standard Time, and 2 p.m. for our Australian viewers. So please make sure that you check it out. Now, the real topic. Let's kick things off with, I mean, Wall Street Journal says, sources told the Wall Street Journal that Zelda is going to be a mobile game right. for, for Nintendo this fiscal year. We know that Nintendo has said they want to do two to three mobile uh, games a year, and the Animal Crossing, so far... It's still one of those games. What do we think about this? Yes, I'm into. I'm into it. Right? What? No? no I was gonna say fake news. No. Oh, I, I, I was like, are we gonna go at different angles? Where I'm like, I'm excited. Pairs like, I hate it. I'm like, all right, cool. The peanut gallery is fun. Do you believe it? And do you like it? Um, yes, I believe it. I and it's a, it's an easy rumor, right? Because it's it's a it's a, a it's inevitability, right? Like it's going to happen no matter what. Um, I looked at my skepticism going into Mario Run being like, how can this replicate the tight precision that I expect from a Mario platforming game on handhelds and consoles from Nintendo for decades now? Um, and then I played it. And my immediate reaction was like, I don't like it. It's loose. It doesn't work. And then 20 hours later, I was like, I've gotten every black coin. This is one of my favorite platforming games. The next Mario game has to learn some tricks from this one. Um, I really, really liked it. And I really think that there's uh, room for the Zelda franchise to do the next thing. Now, I think where it's interesting is that Mario Run in the pantheon of 2D platforming games that we've gotten from Mario Run sort of came at the tail end of kind of... I don't know, after Mario Maker, really, uh, which was the standout, a bunch of very similar 2D Mario games. The next mobile or the mobile Zelda game is coming after Breath of the Mother. <laughs> Drop <laughs> it. Wild. Drop it. Yeah. Mother, which is not only the most impressive Zelda game ever made on many levels, but one of the best video games I've ever played. So it's going to have to not try to replicate that experience, but do something incredibly new and different so i'm excited for it Do you guys remember when we, when we talked um about nintendo's mobile strategy way before when they before they announced a new title we said that they would obviously use these their franchise to make money on the mobile platform yeah. but also leverage them for promotion and i feel like that's that's where to me now like a zelda game being announced very soon is very very plausible because you've got breath of the wild selling out there you've got the dlc coming up later in the year and now you can do the second push with mobile where you 
let's say they do a Zelda runner. Like, you know, don't scoff at it. They could do a Mario run where when you hit the screen, Link slashes his sword to get rid of characters in his path or something, right? Like, they could go that route. If they then set it in the Breath of the Wild universe and constantly tell you about this other experience you can have on the, on the Switch, um, that to me makes sense. So I think, a, I lot, think of a lot of the logic you just laid out on the table mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. I do, I do however, think that one thing that I have noticed with each Nintendo mobile game is that it does a pretty a good job. No, it does a really good job, though, of still being true to the what that series is. Fire Emblem Heroes is absolutely, even if it is a light version of Fire Emblem main games, yeah, 3DS right. games, it is still very signature, very much Fire Emblem. Yeah, they took out the relationships. Yes, they made the map smaller, but it still was made to contain and work on mobile. I think the same thing could be said of Mario Run, which clearly went with a level design structure rather than going with an endless runner sort of strategy. So I do think that if Zelda does make this transition into a mobile game, um, it will be true to what Zelda is about. You think it will be exploration? I think it will be some form of exploration slash combat. Now, if we had to sit here and, and trade our sort of take on what it could be, I think there is a couple of things we can look at uh, that have either been on the App Store or just ideas in general that could work on a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coincidentally, I think the, the game that most captures a Zelda feel to me, especially in terms of uh, exploration and combat, but obviously the exploration part doesn't work the way Nintendo's games work. Nintendo's game, games all work vertically. You hold them and you play them on one hand. But regardless, Sword and Sorcery, uh, I'm forgetting. That's the full title. Sword and Sorcery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's the full title. I just wanted to, um, I'm actually opening it because I haven't like seen it in forever. But Sword and Sorcery to me was that Zelda-like experience, something that had some interesting combat, something that had some interesting takes on exploration, on this mystic quest. Hmm. But here's the thing. I would look at then, I wouldn't assume that everything's just going to happen in one screen. If you're exploring a dungeon, maybe you're exploring just tiles on your phone that you touch. You have a chance to get into a random battle that then becomes an action game. Mm. Now, you can still do an action game using touch controls. And the last time we had a transition between overworld and battle, by the way, was Zelda 2. Zelda 2, yeah. Yeah, which I coincidentally been playing this weekend. So I, I think this is feasible. I think it's possible that, it, that it, it can work. It's just it comes down to what are the right systems in place and how they take advantage of that. I hear you. My, my prediction is it's not going to be exploration. I don't, I don't think they'll do an adventure game simply because, like, that, Super Brothers gets, Sword and Sorcery it gets EP. Too yeah. close, it gets too close to what they do on 3DS. Like, I, well, I, I'm, I'm more, I think it's either going to be a single screen, solve a puzzle in a room kind of like 8 bit style game where you push a, push a stone to the left and a block to the right, like something like that that is more manageable. Because, like, the moment they start building a quest and stuff. See, but I think you're taking my, my what, what, cool. I'm, what I'm saying a little too yeah. deep. I think it will be relatively light. Simple. I don't think they're going to go super deep on mechanics yeah. or super deep on puzzles, but I do think they want to convey, or at least if the I was Zelda-ness. a mobile developer, I would want to convey the spirit of adventure and of having a finite goal and what you're trying to achieve. Now, granted, yeah. I love that when I introduce this topic, though, you let off with the most important thing to say, which is, do you believe it? Uh-huh. Right. That's the thing, right? Is, right. Is, is, is this reliable source or not? I mean, Wall Street Journal believes it. 
enough yep. that they ran the story, right? And these are good reporters. These are people who sure. definitely would, would double-check sources before they would go with something yeah. like that. It's, it's going to happen in our lives, right? Let's put it that way. Like <laughs> yeah. it, these, these games are making tremendous amount of money for them. Um, it's, it's a great brand opportunity for them. Uh, it's a great way of reaching an audience that may either uh, they've never reached before or may have lapsed from the olden days. I think what's interesting about, say, look at like Pokemon Go, uh, say, look at, you know, Fire Emblem, Mario Run, um, boiled down at the essence, those games are very, like you said, very similar to the, like the sort of the core fundamentals of what those franchises are traditionally. Uh, Zelda's a weird one because mm-hmm. I don't know what Zelda is traditionally. Is it a top-down game? Is it a side-scrolling game? Is it a touchscreen game? Is it an open-world 3D game? But Every the, time we the, see... Yeah, no, no, I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, the consistent theme, though, is adventure, right? Of course, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. So I think Except that... Except for crossbow training, which is, to me, closer to a mobile game concept. Right. Why are you going to bring that one up, though? Like, really, why are you going to do that Yeah, right but... Because <laughs> m- mean... Okay. Yeah, but, but nothing... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think nothing is gained for Nintendo by doing... Uh, a mobile game on a platform with this big of an audience that is a major departure from what Zelda as an experience is. I just, I don't think Nintendo, but, Nintendo treats Zelda really preciously. Eh? Yeah. Although they, so there is Tingle Rupee Land. That's what I was going to say. Your right. crossbow training. Yep. But I, I think that that is meant to serve a specific audience that's already playing Zelda games on a platform. Whereas this is reintroducing mm. people to what Zelda is. On a platform where they haven't touched it. And and their closest comparison, by the way, is Oceanhorn, which is a piece of shit game. And I said it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I thought Oceanhorn was pretty good. I did not like Oceanhorn. It is a very Zelda-like game. It is all of the derivative. Like We want to be a blend of Wind Waker and Link to the Past with none of the nuance or understanding of what makes those games. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I still think it'll be a smaller game, like a Fruit Ninja set in the Zelda universe. Something that yes harkens back to like you have a sword and you do something or you run and link slashes like i just if we're gonna get i know how hard it is to make a zelda again i'd rather have like a boss fight run with uh like minuscule dungeons that's more uh akin to something like infinity blade if that's the case it could be that too i mean and that's that's how you do fruit ninja controls with something a little more nuanced um but again like it's hard to clock this, right? Because it, let's look at the last few Zelda releases. Breath of the Wild, a massive open world survival game where you cook food, right? That's a very reductive way of boiling that one. Yeah, I get it. I get um, it. <laughs> uh, Triforce Heroes, a uh, online multiplayer co-op adventure. Co-op adventure where you with, throw Brian into the abyss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, as many yeah. times yeah. as many you times can. as you can until I, I just can't take it anymore. Um, Majora's Mask 3DS, mm-hmm. right? That got ported. Uh, before that, we had uh, Link Between Worlds, which was a top-down 2D single-player game. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I, I get what you're saying. There are multiple interpretations. There are multiple directions. This formula and this franchise and the and the series has been in, I only think that, again, given who you're trying to attract with this game and the idea of playing on that nostalgia, on playing the, on the things that they care about or cared about yeah. with Zelda, I think that, um, yeah, you're not going to make Breath of the Wild for mobile, that's no. for sure. But you're right. But you're you gonna, you, you, want, try you want exploration, yeah. you want combat. So I think immediately that throws out like the match three puzzle games, the, the Fruit Ninjas, I'm sorry, uh, and I, it's, I, it's not like I want a Fruit Ninja Zelda game. I'm just... I, and I think that's an important perspective to present, I, we'll, by the we'll, way. We'll yeah. see. We should remember this yeah. discussion and then come back. Like, I just have a hard time believing that they would do something that is either akin to kind of like 8-bit or 16-bit style Zelda gameplay. I, I think it's going to be simple. 
Yeah, but why did they do it with Mario then? Like, why why hew that closely? Because that is to how a Mario game top, plays. One of the top genres on mobile is Endless Runner. Okay, and they had a game where they're like, we can absolutely do it, and we can still say it's not that was be as, totally yeah. on in line with how Mario games play. Outside right. of the fact that you didn't control them, the jump control, well, the precision, the sort of stylistic way you're collecting things, like that is all fundamentally Mario. I mean, does it super simple control? You tap to jump. Yeah, yeah. The Zelda game that is about exploration has direct control which like any i'm sure the nintendo guys when they play on a touchscreen say well you can do it like stylus like our zelda games on the ds but um they're Poke, not they're Pokemon not going to give you a virtual yeah, d-pad no Fire way. emblem heroes are moving yeah. around and sure. that you're moving across a grid that problem solved pokemon go it, is different ways to do it that's right different there. from link to the past guys so. guys guys yeah. pokemon go is an exploration based game with mild combat elements to it effectively right uh, somewhat yeah. yeah so if you can't render an entire 3d world on your phone make the world in the world outside you think they're gonna do that yeah i think that like i think that like traveling the earth with your phone in your hand and finding cool zelda treasures or enemies or something like that taking the pokemon go approach and applying it in the same way we all found shrines put that annoying beeping noise on my phone you know (laughs) i think we're i think that you drill down closer because like look you're not it's not going to work with a fake d-pad it's not going to work with a fake analog stick they're not going to do it um the endless runner approach uh is interesting because we've only really seen link as a side-scrolling game in stuff like zelda 2 or smash brothers maybe um it's just doesn't really work that and way it could be just very simple you just click on the next room you're going to enter the dungeons are generic and the combat scenarios are generic it almost feels like a cross between action and rpg but still very light in terms of what it's trying to yeah. represent which yeah. is the, the thing i'm mostly thinking this could be like yeah. definitely not expecting anything deeper than that yeah, it's it's tough to predict i mean i'm really curious to see what it will turn out agree but like i think the the prediction of a nintendo franchise now on mobile it's, it's a no-brainer they're, they're going to run through their franchises mm-hmm. they're going to run through their big games all the while the Pokemon company keeps cranking out, cranking out little games on and the side. We've said it before on the show, but when Mario Kart gets a turn, oh my god! Like yep. just, like just forget it, forget it. Especially if they find a smart way to do free to play hmm. and put that game out there. Like, I mean, that's their biggest, yeah. their biggest attraction right now, right? Their biggest franchise, the one that most people recognize and that half a million copies can sell in a matter of two days, a port of an old game. Like, th- yeah. this, is, this is crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it sometimes when I see what Mario Kart effectively can pull in. I'm using tilt controls. Yeah, which could do it, but it would break the whole, like, one-handed gameplay thing, which has been their consistent yeah. sort of the, approach, and, ver- right? and vertical as well, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going to talk about Magic Kart, by the way, Magic Kart Jump later, because that came out. <laughs> that game is so weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Animal Crossing still is that big question mark of like, is this tied to a Switch game or not? But this report doesn't go into that. I just I'm curious myself if that game ships this year or not, or if they continue to sort of push it back and just trying to align it with something that's coming because. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, or it should be, a companion in some case, because we've talked about it on the show before. Nintendo's not going to just give you an Animal Crossing game you're going to play forever on your mobile right, phone. That's right. not happening. Yep. They want no. you to play Animal Crossing on a Switch. Yep. All right. Sure. Moving on. Uh, let's talk about... <sighs> the, it's been a leaky week. Uh, E3 always brings in the leaks uh, and things that you have heard about. But this week, we actually got to see it. Uh, so Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, some key art leaked and some presentation slides leaked. And we're going to talk about them and sort of uh, some of the outrage that has come from this reveal. Um, and this is 
uh, by far the worst kept secret in video games. I mean, I feel. You, I feel like you can apply that to any Ubisoft franchise at this point. I don't know what's going on with that studio, but yeah. they obviously use so many different development teams that stuff always gets out now. Like if, they, they have hardly have any surprises left. If you have a secret that you want the world to know, yeah. you tell it to, to Ubisoft. Oh. Right? <laughs> every, every single thing. I mean, like we took a break from looking at like Assassin's Creed Egypt screens to talk about this story, right? Yeah. The Far yeah. Cry stuff even was, was getting leaked out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I think many of us went through um, the, I don't know, the, the entire range of emotions on this one. I thought like, you were going to say the eight stages of grief. We can call like it that. that. <laughs> we can call it that. It feels, I'll be straight up, like, um, what, what we've learned about this game, I'm going to play it because yeah. it, 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 it seems fun. It really does seem fun. Um, it's a uh, sort of exploration based. There's boss fights. There's co-op stuff. There's multiplayer stuff. Uh, it's branded very weird. It feels, to be honest, like the kind of game we would have seen halfway through the Wii U's life cycle. Mm-hmm. Like where Nintendo calls upon Ubisoft, the, the raving rabbits, to come on down and, and help things out a little bit. It doesn't feel like something you do when you're killing it, which yeah. Nintendo's doing right now. Like that's, mm-hmm. It's kind of like if like Katy Perry did a song with Kid Rock right now. You'd be like... Interesting choice. Well, why'd you call Kid Rock? <laughs> so the first time I heard about this game, and this is this is ages ago, right? And by the way, the first time kind of word leaked out and a couple folks on, on Twitter, I think, leaked it and some websites wrote it up. We asked Ubisoft straight up about it and they said, oh, we don't know anything about that. And it's like, you know, you're, you're not going to get a company to admit something on the record when they're just not ready to announce it. Um, but behind the scenes, it very much sounded like this was a go. And I imagined it was like, a kind of like a Nintendo Square team up like the Mario RPG kind of like on the, in the Super NES days like that's what I envisioned I thought here's a company that that's working on the South Park RPGs you know like they will they will do a crossover with the Mario universe and fill that gap for like a, a like a Mario RPG style game that's right. different from you know Mario and Luigi and some of the, the later games but what it actually is it is it it reminds me a little bit of Captain Toad. It feels like a more kind of confined universe with like set stages and boss fights and then um, turn-based gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's much more of a strategy game and each character has their own unique powers and things they can do. And confoundingly, they have these weird like blaster weapons, like Mega Man style grafted onto their and, arms. And so this is the most baffling thing about this because I... Um, uh, I think the last video game I reviewed for IGN was Scribblenauts Unlimited. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the Wii U launch. Okay. And that's the one, I believe I'm getting the names right. There's a lot of Scribblenauts yep. games. That's the one where they teamed up with Nintendo and they put a bunch of Nintendo characters in the game. Now, the weird thing about that was uh, the entire game was about sort of interacting with adding adjectives. So you could be like Zombie Man or, you know, uh, a dead dead guy holding a gun. You write these sentences. Nintendo characters were in the game, but none of them could really do anything specifically. Sad yeah. Mario. All, yeah, all these like yeah. we, no giant Peach, like all these weird brand guidelines. And now, fast forward to 2017, they're like, ah, give Yoshi a bazooka, give Mario a gun. Like, it seems very like. Well, there's I mean, precedent with a bazooka and Yoshi. I know, I know. But it's yeah. cool to see uh, that they're sort of the bazooka Yoshi thing goes back to the Super Scope. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's cool to see them sort of Shoulder being, still hurts from them. From thinking yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool to see them sort of like, I don't know, let go of the reins a little bit and be like, have some fun. But this is just a weird choice. Um, <laughs> what I don't like about this game, to be straight up with you, is the same thing I don't like a lot of, about some of the, the localization stuff we've seen from Nintendo in the last few years. It's very like meme heavy. And it's the kind of stuff that we, like there's hashtags in this artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess Peach Rabbit is a sentence I just said, is taking a selfie in this, which is like, this is all fun and dandy, but like, uh, the cool thing about Nintendo games is is that they're timeless. And if I go back and play this game in seven years and it's like, hashtag, you know, selfie, like, I'm like that, we might not be talking like that anymore. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know enough about this partnership, too. I just, I just want to weigh in a little bit here. I mean, I'm not outraged that this thing exists. I am not sure of what it is because it is only just art, right? And I know that I saw uh, a big reaction on the internet of folks who were upset or were like, what is this? Why is this? I'm like, well, I need to see how it plays before I can really say anything, first of all. I I don't, so I don't, you know, you know me. I don't usually understand the upsetness factor, right? Like, mm-hmm. there, there are people who get very, very angry when there are so many Star Wars movies coming. And I'm like, there are only as many Star Wars movies as you watch. If a Star Wars movie looks dumb, don't go. It's not going to hurt well, you. Right? And like, but, but like, what about the brand? It doesn't brand? matter. <laughs> I don't have to watch what they put out. And if something looks interesting, I go and buy it or I watch it. And so a game like this that's a crossover, I'm not going to condemn it before I play it. I want to see... I want to see what it is. You know, well, we, so, can, we so, can laugh about the, the, the cheesy yeah. factor and that it's like yeah, blowingly and, 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 trying to reach to like a younger demographic with that. that yeah, and, and I want to shoot out but, props because uh, the, yeah. the slides that we see here were, were uh, reported and sort of put on the internet by uh, some friends at Nintendo World Report. And I... I mean, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that seems very like this is marketing teams talking about what they're going to do with this game. And not that these were developers sort of like figuring out what the game is. No, these are leaked Um, internal slides from Ubisoft to sort of be like, here's when we reveal. Here's when the reviews go out. Here's when we twist people's arms to get them to convince them to. What they need to do is put a section at the end of the meeting where here's where we burn all the slides and just walk out. Yes. Yeah. It should be on self-destructive. Yeah. Like that's how you keep secrets. So to back up real quick pair to to not justify, but sort of drill down and understand why people get upset at stuff like this it's because someone looks at a partnership like this and they go why did nintendo call ubisoft to make a rabbits mario game rather than call yacht club to make a 2d metroid or why didn't they it's the sort of like well if you're mad about this well why don't you save this whole world about this like an armchair ceo or or it's why why isn't nintendo working with them on making far cry platform right like that's i understand that and i think to be to be like perfectly honest here uh the marketing for the switch sort of from the jump has been geared towards adults and we're seeing a lot of cool stuff that scales for kids and adults but we haven't really seen a lot out of nintendo that's straight up for children even stuff like one two switch uh was very heavy on the drinking yeah, and the i, I think you stuff. didn't see a lot of that until mario kart at least like yeah. that's when you started to see like kids with controllers or that was the section of the ad mm-hmm. where that happened yep. and it could very well be that this is a kid's game yeah focus for kids about kids nintendo had oversight and made sure that mario didn't do anything too uh too unsavory with his little bazooka blaster um do you remember, Man, uh, do you remember the, the plants for zombies multiplayer uh like the um, garden warfare yeah what, garden what warfare. About, the multiplayer shooter yeah. Yeah. so when i remember when that first got announced as a big pvz guy i was like this sucks 
This yeah. is stupid. I don't want this. Uh, this this is not what I want from the franchise. And then that game went on to it's be a good game. it's a good game. Great it's game. very popular. Yeah, yeah. It sold very well. And I'm like, maybe I just don't know. Like sometimes it's okay to take a franchise in a different direction. Yeah. I don't look at this. Okay, here's the thing. If we weren't getting Mario Odyssey this year, I would be livid about. This. Okay, that's a different story. I'd be yeah. livid. Yeah. That's a reason yeah. to be livid. I yeah. feel because then you feel you get worried. You're like, oh, this is filling the Mario gap. Yeah. But that's not what's happening. And I, I, I want to say one thing about the the Switch and how it's positioned. Right. Ubisoft a year ago before the Switch came out did not know who it was going to sell through. All they knew was their market data and what they've experienced with the last machines with Nintendo. And that means Just Dance, mega hit. They earned so much money on that franchise. Rayman did amazingly well. Yep. Cartoonish games work on Nintendo platforms. The other games tanked, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a lot of the other kind of core Ubisoft franchises did not work on the platform you remember all the kerfuffle around watchdogs and how long that took to like consider to bring it to to the platform like they had second thoughts on it and this is the safe bet is to say you know what maybe this platform will be like the 3ds so let's make sure we put rayman on there and then there's the extra kind of like the sweetener is nintendo is going to let us use their characters this is a no-brainer yeah you can't as a ubisoft you can only use those characters in just dance or in a rabbits or a Rayman game, which is, because it won't yeah. fit into anything. Yeah, it it's very work. odd. Like that's the thing. Like uh, these these characters. I was a. Uh, I was in. You know, we went to Gamescom last year, yep. and I was in France for a couple of days afterwards. They're huge there. They're everywhere. Yep. Like, and it's very. They're in capsule toy machines. They're on posters and walls and in game shops everywhere. Um, and then you come here to America, and we don't really think about the rabbits anymore. They're not really. Yep. So it's a weird brand to collaborate with. But Mario collaborates weird. Like Mario and Sonic finally teamed up after years. And what do they do? They went to the damn Olympics. Like we were not expecting that. Sure, and no. they made like five of those games. Yeah, so. and it could be too that Ubisoft's big bet with this game is that it takes advantage of Switch. That it is a two-person game that yeah. can be played anywhere because that's kind of the smart thing to tap into mm-hmm. with any switch game i feel uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if odyssey has a two-player element of some kind just because it's another great example if they find sure. a great way to do it i mean think about it too 3d world was a great multiplayer i think a great multiplayer mario game probably the best multiplayer mario game i thought they'd ever done um at least until uh yeah no actually full stop like yeah. i i was not a huge fan of the new super mario brothers games i was always kind of turned off as to how how chaotic it can get even though there is fun to that um no i'll definitely i'll definitely back you up on that yeah I mean, I, and i actually like the new super mario games i had a lot of time good times playing co-op 3d world was on another level like yeah. that game is fantastic no it is and if they even turned around and said we'd port that game for switch by the way i, I mean day one like the, i would not care the unedited recordings of you and i playing those games <laughs> together it, 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 that alone ensures see we a different never, side of us yeah. entirely but, um but I, but i like it when i like it when ubisoft's creative like this when they try something different yeah. outside of what they've done before they've you know they've always supported nintendo platforms if you think of games like zombie u and red steel they've they've put out games that are different from what you'd expect everybody's yeah. saying oh they're going to put franchise a or b on it and then they create a new well, a new, new title IP. yeah like yeah. and was, rabbits was, the, was an example of that too well, you know, yeah, the original what was the other one that was the wii u launch game the zombie uh, zombie zombie yeah. yes yeah, yeah. Um, so, that so, one. Like, so they're there for launch and they also know how to take advantage of hardware really well i mean and i think they did the same thing for i'm a big fan of playstation 
PlayStation VR, they shipped Eagle Flight, which is one of those games yep. that just fits that hardware perfectly. Right. Yeah. So they're good at that. So I think, Jose, you're totally on to something, that this game will uh, really work with the fact that the Nintendo Switch is awesome on the go yeah. when you pop those controllers off the side and you want to play multiplayer. Like, And you again, know. like this might be for kids, but I, like, I hope it does what Nintendo's best games do and Mario's best games do, which is it scales from, you know, five to 99. Yeah, and, and it's a, it could be just a family title in that in that vein. I do hope, though, that the ra- the rabid stuff specifically is, is not off the leash, so to speak, because I think if that stuff gets obnoxious, you are definitely turning off someone who's older, someone like me yeah. who's just like, oh, I can't do this. But then again, if I'm not the target for it, like that's the one thing that every time we, we circle around a title that is clearly intended for a younger audience, like I feel like, hey, Pikmin, or I was talking even about Metopia when I was here, there is just sort of this cynical reaction as to, well, that's not for me. Well, you know what? Not everything they make is going to be. Yeah. And I think that's fine. You know, and I think like, worse comes to worse. If you really hate these little French minion animals, you can shoot <laughs> <French> them. <minions. laughs> this game will let you shoot them. So that that'll at least be a little cathartic. They are actually the most tortured video game characters. Remember when they were in the in the Wii remote and you had to shake it and all that? Oh, like they do that. all this, and they that. they actually I I would say like they they get the comedy right more often than not. The good. crazy like ah scream that the rabbits did it was funny. Okay, good. they just got to make sure that they're not repeating themselves so that it becomes like you know Austin Powers part three like where it's like the same jokes all over and and you're not uh you're not amused by it anymore and like i i hear your worries about like the hey look at us teenagers it's a selfie like just kind of like it's a little on the nose but Mm -hmm. at the same time like they i mean they really don't let us down that often well it's like it's like guacamole is one of my favorite 2d platformer games ever made um Mm. and that game is full of like you know 2011 memes like grumpy it's a bit off the it's a bit unleashed in that yeah Yeah, and i went i went to go back recently to check it out and like they're not really in your face it's not in the writing it's just on billboards in the background (laughs) but sometimes your eye catches it and you're like oh man and you just kind of groan a little bit but so uh, we'll we'll see yeah we'll see and like these these powerpoint presentations are always painful by the way and uh if it doesn't work out with Mm -hmm. kingdom battle and mario and rabbits uh keep those blasters kids because you know mega man could really use some help and mario would be the right uh, franchise to cross over with i think i actually i don't know that i'm just making that up all right let's move on then to uh some news this week had some interesting headlines and some interesting reveals first of all netflix uh basically took the covers off the animated series for (laughs) i can't believe i'm saying this castlevania is going to have a, a series that will debut on Netflix July 7th. Uh, we should talk about, do you guys see the trailer? It's roughly yeah. 30 seconds. There's 30 second lead in with uh, the NES and, and sort of referencing uh, all of these shows that have uh, been renewed. So Orange is the New Black has a, has a tile like, and they're yep. picking a game and then like it pixelated graphics. Yeah. And then it yeah. kicks cool. off. And even the cartridge is a cute little homage to the original cover of the NES Castlevania, mm-hmm. which has, you know, the back of Simon Belmont and you had Dracula's head like floating ominously in the background and you can see the castle. I love all that. Although the red cartridge was weird. Um, and then, yeah, you got it. So the, back when this show was announced, Adi Shankar, the producer described it as Castlevania, very much done in the vein of game of Thrones. Now right. I don't think this first yeah. trailer showed that. No. But what'd you think? Uh, I, I like the art direction a lot. It reminded me of the, uh, the DS Castlevania games, which started to get a little more anime, but like, 
maybe went a little too far. And this yeah. feels kind of grim and a little more vicious, which I like. Mm-hmm. My big regret, and I said this on up, up at noon this morning, is um, this didn't give Konami a great excuse to coincide the launch of a new Castlevania game. And I said, maybe with the season finale, like they can tease one, but the season finale is the same day the game, the, the show launches because it's Netflix. Yeah. It's all there all at once, it right? Once. Yeah, so July 7th. to me, it's like, it's great news. It looks cool. I'm into it. I wish it had been like part of this sort of franchise relaunch. And this is where I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. And I see this kind of stuff a lot where it's like, you're putting out this new show. That's the perfect time to sort of be like, here's another 2D Castlevania. On the well, flip side, though, it could be used to gauge interest, right? Yeah, it could, yeah. like, let's say uh, the viewership on Netflix ends up, like, it gets a bunch of stars. Yeah. And it has a good, like, uh, sort of just folks watch through the entire thing. Like, those kind of statistics, I think, at least tell Konami, who isn't anyone's favorite company these days, let's be fair, although Bomberman kind of picked up at least some good favor, I think, for them, yeah. just in the fact that they've supported and done more for that game. Um, I think it does give them a, a reason to revisit and try something. They might also have maybe their partner of Nintendo's online plan, you'll get your Symphony of the Night online leaderboard I mean, um, I w- speedrun edition or something. Oh, they they, they could be they could be some sixteen bit. So or glad some you said that game. If there's stuff. one game in the history of video games in the his, like that just it makes sense to be on a Nintendo platform, and yeah. it is not. It is Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Like I was playing that game the other day, and I was like, how has this never? Ever, 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 ever. It's been on an Xbox, and it still hasn't hit it in some It's crazy. crazy. I, I would kill for just a, a GBA Castlevania collection on Switch. Oh, those like, are good, too. Give me, yeah. give me you know, uh, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria Sorrow, and Circle of the Moon. Uh, and just brighten up Circle of the Moon a little bit and ship it. So my reaction to the... I, I, I liked the trailer. I, at first, it started a little cheesy with the NES thing. The I'm like, oh, God. But then it went into very traditional-looking, like, hand-drawn-looking animation. Um, and I really liked that. And I liked the style as well. It had cool music, but I didn't hear like the the themes from the the games that I love. So I hope, I really hope they're doing the music right. I yeah, hope they that. pick all the big themes from uh, from the games because then it's going to be just so much fun to watch, yeah. just to spot the characters and the places and the monsters you like. Uh, and no, but also the the tunes you remember. Well, they already started with some cool deep cuts. I mean, so far, from what you can tell, we're hoping that the main Belmont is Trevor Belmont, which means mm-hmm. this is Castlevania Three, by the way, Dracula's yep. Curse, which changed everything the minute it came out because it is one of the greatest soundtracks in video game history. Yep. Yep. Full stop. Just no further. Um, but uh, in that trailer, you got to look at Saifa. Uh, I think her last name is pronounced Belnadez. I'm not sure Belnadez. Uh, that is uh, the magician uh, character that. Uh, was actually called a he in Castlevania Three: uh, Dracula's Curse. It's it's a woman. Uh, they show her in there, and they've cleared that up uh, several years ago. Um, and they also give you a look at someone who I think is Alucard, the dude swinging the sword, who right. like rises out of his out of his coffin. I was just like, oh my! And granted, Alucard didn't even look like that yeah. in the the original Castlevania Three. He had. I mean, he looked like a cheesy Dracula, to be completely honest. Like, he had short hair, black, he was pale-skinned, and he was the weakest character in the game, probably the one that was the most frustrating, but you can transform into a bat and then fly off as long as you had enough parts. You remember all this, Yeah, of course, man. Um, Yeah, so no sign of Grant Dynasty, but I don't think anybody ever wants to see that man again. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, and even a quick shot of Dracula, where it looks like uh, he just sort of use some magic or something yeah. but smart deep cuts stuff that people like me the minute i saw it i was like oh my god yeah 
this may actually be good. It's cool. I had the lowest expectations. It's it's definitely cool. Uh, like yeah. like I said, I wish we got another game, but like I will totally take an awesome Castlevania TV show mm-hmm. that's done with care. Um, I think like, and I've said this before on the show, like we had that era where we got a 2D Castlevania every few years, and I think we kind of took it for granted because we thought it would happen forever, and then it stopped. Yeah, and, and then and now it's been, been a very long time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, bummer. Yeah. All right, next story uh, we have is that eight bit uh eight bit I, I think it's one word. I'm trying my best. Eight bit uh Their Bluetooth retro controllers are now compatible with Switch thanks to a firmware update that mm-hmm. they just put out. Um, so this means if you own some of their controllers, for example, their Super Nintendo controller is fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. They also have uh, an NES variant that, in the style of the Virtual Console original controller, that's fine. The other NES variant, which Brian owns, is an abomination. I know it's that not- should be like just completely erased from history. Uh-huh. It's awful. I love it. I hate that thing. I think it's the best <laughs> video game controller ever made. What is it uh, called? It's just it's it's called like the, the NES number, the NES yeah. thirty or something like that. Maybe. Um. So it's got it's an and it's okay. This is hard to explain. It's a Super Nintendo shaped. No 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 no. I'm talking about the NES one. That is NES shape. The square one? The square one. Well, that's the is one. the one that I despise. Okay, okay. okay. Burn so, that thing. So this, it's, a, it's a square-shaped NES controller, NES, NES shape NES controller. with uh, I believe it has two. Does it have shoulder buttons? It does, does have it, shoulder it, buttons, which I'm okay buttons. with. I, I could live through that. Uh, Keep going. And it's, got four <laughs> fa- it's got four face buttons. That I have a problem with. Why? Because, because the four face buttons are hideous. And they put like this cross section that they tried to put there that makes no sense because it only cuts through one side and the other side is the way it is. Mm-hmm. I can't undo what I see. And that thing is bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. I'll well, give you I that. know what you're getting for Christmas. But they have another I one. I will throw it at you. <laughs> the other one I really like, I think it's called the NES 30, is shaped like a Super Nintendo controller. It has four shoulder buttons. Cool. Dual analog stick. The front face art is way more evocative of the original NES, and uh, I believe four face buttons. I can tolerate that one. Yeah, that's a uh, and the Super Nintendo one is just flat out a Super Nintendo controller yeah. minus branding. And so uh, all these controllers are on Amazon. They're all pretty cheap. Cheap. There's even one. Um, it's like this mini one. It's like the size of a keychain. You can literally keep it as a keychain. Um, and just as a challenge to myself, I finished Link's Awakening with it uh, a couple years ago. Um, and it's really tiny. It's awesome if you want to chuck it in your bag with your it'll fit in your switch case which is nuts right oh, that's pretty cool uh so you, if someone's like i want a third controller you have one right there um you have to update the firmware on on these they're all available on their website and then they connect bluetooth to your uh switch and you can play stuff like street fighter with like a dedicated actual six button controller if nice, you wanted to nice, nice. um which you can't even do if you split the joy cons off so you know um it's, well, it's six buttons but it's not comfortable it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird because you're fighting yeah, with shoulder yeah, buttons. Yeah, yeah you're right? exactly. An analog stick, and yeah. that, that's a separate uh, issue. So I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's um, it's a really cool move. I don't know if it's something like hypothetically Nintendo could update their own firm, firmware to block this out. Um, and you could get this sort of back and forth arms race I, for a I while. I hope it doesn't turn into that. I mean, there, there's always going to be third party controllers, whether you can control it or not. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that they have a history of just allowing the support. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. I think as long as they cool. get a license, we're good. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Nintendo, it, if you're listening, burn that NES control. Like, just wipe it out. Oh my God. I think it, it works so for, much. It works well for stuff like, um, you know, Blaster Master or uh, Shovel Knight games that like have that style. Yeah. But when you're holding that control, and you're staring at that switch you're like where the hell is my virtual console yeah. like that's the one thing that's missing so i mean Coming. 
it's coming, right? Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. So I, I, I'm glad you brought it up only because uh, this past weekend, uh, because of uh, a friend of mine, I got put onto a podcast uh, called Back in My Play that did an episode about Zelda 2. A bunch of uh, guests who've been on IGN uh, on our show ha- were on that episode, uh, sort of singing the praises of why Zelda 2 is one of the most misunderstood games of all time. So the whole weekend I was playing Zelda 2 on a 3DS, and you know what it made me realize? I really want this on Switch. I like, like that game. 3DS is, is just so small, and when you think of how big the screen is, on your switch and when you think of how much better it feels on your switch um i i was just sitting there going man i cannot wait until this happens i know um i, I love zelda 2 i don't care what anybody says yeah I, I love it too fight me fight me um so next up samsung tvs uh to fix nintendo switch hdmi issue if this is uh only affected certain models and uh brian you had some some yeah have you some had this issue issues. no i have a sony basically it would turn don't on you a, your don't you have the same samsung no uh, i got or- the sony Really? Yeah. Didn't you, did you trade yours? No. Oh. Said, you're thinking of the one we have in the office. Yeah, well, it's just by your desk. I just figured that's you That's not mine. That's here. just, uh, that's work. GM money. So, um, the, everywhere the light touches it broke something. So basically, it would no, no, no. turn yeah. on your television or it would switch. It would basically auto switch. So Nintendo Switch has an auto switch on feature for your yeah. television. Yep. So the way the feature is intended to work is that if you turn on your switch, it will turn on your television and switch to that input. It's automatic input switching. Yeah. If you turn off your television, it'll turn off your switch, which I think is amazing, by yeah. the way. It'll just put it to sleep mode rather. Yeah. Not, yeah. Off. You you made a face. Yeah, because <laughs> I hate that. I um, accidentally turn it. Yeah, on. and to be yeah, clear, this is specifically yeah. for the Samsung KS8000 4K HDR TVs. Yeah, I think there's a few other models, but yeah. I, so I have a Samsung at home. Never happened with this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I have an LG TV at my desk, which uh, it happens. Something else happens. We'll talk about that. Uh, but speaking to The Verge, uh, Samsung said, Samsung has, uh, has been following the comments on our community thread, and we'll, we will be issuing a firmware update early this summer that will address this behavior and provide the level of convenience that was intended. Good. Uh, that said, LG TV still doesn't hasn't said a word about if they're going to fix their issue so their issue is even more annoying because i'm playing a ps4 game i'm playing overwatch at my desk yeah and a dialogue box will pop up saying hey do you want to switch inputs because we detect the other device and it just happens randomly oh no i get the same and thing it will get you killed this is yes, <laughs> like, this is what's happening <laughs> this is what's happening on my on my tv right now where my it's like my switch is a toddler that runs in the room while i'm playing my ps4 and i love my <laughs> switch but like Daddy's playing PS4. So like I'll be sitting yeah. there playing it and all of a sudden this thing pops up and it's just like it's all of a sudden you're in switch mode. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I what? So I think uh, in your case, I don't know if you use the feature. I like the feature at home, so I'm gonna leave it on, but maybe you should turn off the auto switching. Like I yeah. think that's the short term fix, but the long term fix is you know, TV manufacturers or maybe even Nintendo themselves need to put something out there. Mm-hmm. And school's out according to the tone we just heard. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna move to the next story, which is that Pokemon Magic Jump, Magic Carp Jump is out on iOS and Android. Uh, this surprise. is a free to surprise. Uh, I believe this game has been out in Japan before because I've seen yep. vague tweets that always involve Magikarp and the behaviors they have in this game, and it makes no sense. It is ludicrous, but it is the idea <laughs> that uh, no, but in a wacky sense, like in a way, I mean that as affectionately as I can say that. Doesn't um, give you as the the same level of comfort that Frau Doctor in Overwatch gives you, yeah? No, confusing you. Yeah, no, it's yeah. just it's weird. Um, it's a game where there's no other Pokemon you should care about. It's 
except for Magikarp, which is historically the Pokemon no one cares about. Right, so right. I think it's a it's a funny twist. The idea is that you are trying to train a Magikarp to jump and win uh, this competition. You are competing against other people uh, at these championship events who their Magikarp can jump to. And as you train and develop this Magikarp, it gets fatter, it gets bigger. I think it could even turn into a Gyarados, mm-hmm. which if you know that's your, your canon uh, Pokemon stuff, that's accurate. Um, I think I just started playing it, so I don't have a lot mm-hmm. to say. Wait, did you get to the most important part? <laughs> what? Where w- you train and you fight with him, and if you lose, he's gone, and you have to do it all over again. Wait, does he get taken away by like a Pidgey or something? Oh, man, I don't have to, how to break this news to you. Uh, yeah, your Goldfish gets flushed down the toilet, basically, and it gets replaced by a new one. Wow. And most kids won't notice, but we're adults, and I'm telling you the hard news. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah, right. wait till you get that I far. I didn't get that far. I, well, that's so the sort of grind- you play this thing just came out last night that's the, that's the grindy element all right, right? got yeah. it got it so God. yeah so they, they don't really want you to care about magic cards yet then maybe they're just making fun of it but regardless that, this is an a running gag for them yeah right? it, and it's a good one i think and it don't, even has don't the magic challenge carp me song. to see how fast it'll take me to kill a magic carp because i'll do it quick <laughs> <laughs> clearly um okay just a reminder for folks that the arms global test punch is this weekend this is uh check your local listings for exactly what time you can play but i think the first session if you're on the west coast at least like we are uh, is 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Text uh, me. I'll forget. So I'll have to text Pear to remind him. Totally forgot um, already. What time? 5 p.m. on the West Coast. He did it. So this is the entire, but is it the entire game? Do I no. get to pick any character? Three what, stages, what the- and I think uh, most of the, uh, most of what we knew of the roster before the new characters. Okay. So yeah. no, no Bike Twintel. Park, no, no Booty Queen Twintel. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say. I think Helix is in there, though. Um, but, you got all your uh, favorites. You got Robocop, uh, Dino DNA, and uh, Ramen Girl. Yeah, so you, yeah, you got Springman, Min Min, uh, Ribbon Girl, okay. uh, Master Mummy. Yeah, Noodle you Lady. Got, you got some good stuff. Noodle Lady, yeah? Yeah. Um, so check that out. Make uh, You know, play. Let us know what you think. It's like, like an hour, is, and then it's over. Uh, yeah. Spoops yeah. over, gone. I, I really don't like that format. Like, I just give us a day. Give us two days, and then just let it go. It's a stress um, test. I get why they do it. It it's stressed cool. the hell out of me last time yeah. with Splatoon when <laughs> yeah, I couldn't it, connect. This is time. Oh, my God. This is the last match. No. Um, Look, I'm, I'm curious to play it a bit more. You know, I've only been able to play it at events, and it's kind of difficult to get a feel for it because you've got, like, lo- loudspeakers blaring and mm-hmm. Brian saying, come on, let's, have, uh, let's go eat fries. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Finally, just kind of, well, do you... Sit. I want to say, sit down. Do you are you going to stand up and play? Like, do you really get into it? This body needs a workout, so I might. Uh, it's, it, I've I've gained some weight in the past. But if you stand, weeks. can you still see the TV? Isn't it like weight? Yes, low? I can see like, the. F- TV. Okay. Just oh my like the, cl- God. the cloud layer doesn't prevent you from seeing no, it? No, it doesn't. Okay. All right. And that's our show this week. Thank you so much for watching the Tell the Voice chat. I may lose my job after today. <laughs> Um, just remember that we're a weekly show on IGN. Uh, make sure that you subscribe wherever you're watching this. So that includes IGN.com. That includes uh, YouTube.com slash IGN or YouTube.com slash Into the Voice Chat, most importantly. And leave us feedback. Write a comment. Let us know what you think. Also, you can follow us on your favorite or whatever you use to download podcasts. We're always there. Uh, lastly, you can find us all on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Pear Schneider at Pear IGN. And you can find me, hopefully, next week. Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.